Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Welcome in. We've got everything you need to know from across the region tonight. It's STL All Local from the KMOX Newsroom. Our top local story on this Thursday, June 15th, word of yet another hire by the newly appointed St. Louis Circuit Attorney as he fills his roster of prosecutors. Gabe Gore's office announced five more trial attorneys, bringing the total to 10 that have come on board since the resignation of Kim Gardner. And Gore has just told KMOX of another one. And, and, and I just made another offer that was accepted yesterday, so that's a total of 11 attorneys added since I was sworn in on May 30th. So... We're making very good progress. Gore says the latest round of hires bring decades of trial experience each and are ready to, as he says, hit the ground running. Stay tuned for our complete conversation with Gabe Gore. A red light is finally coming to Ted Drews on Chippewa after two pedestrians were struck and killed last summer in two separate accidents near the popular frozen custard stand. Neighborhood alderman Tom Oldenburg says the large crowds need protection. This would be where cars have to stop at a stoplight. And um, there is a pedestrian crosswalk whereby patrons and you know, pedestrians can cross. A year later, Oldenburg says he has secured more than $400,000 in funding that would pay for the crosswalk for metal posts to protect customers waiting in line, elevated curbs, and some bump outs to slow traffic around the parking lot. The improvements are not expected until next summer. As KMOX reported earlier, the Dot Food Convention, which has been in town all week, plans to go to Denver next year and the year after because of crime issues downtown. KMOX asked some Dot members on the sidewalk by the convention center for their take on public safety downtown. I went to a, smoked a cigar last night down there, walked down. I didn't feel like I was scared or anything like that. Yeah, I felt safe. I mean, they shuttle us around and it's just right across the street. Been out late at night and haven't felt unsafe. But on foot? On foot, yep, walking around. No one we could find reported being the victim of any crime. Water bills in the city of St. Louis would jump 40% soon under a bill moving toward final passage in the Board of Aldermen. After just three weeks of debate in which water mains were bursting all over the city, the board putting the final touches on the bill that would raise the water bill $120 a year for the average household. And they voted down an amendment offered by Alderwoman Kara Spencer that would have forbidden automatic rate hikes in the future based on inflation. Well, I mean, it's, un- it's, it's just not um, something that you see for a good reason. I mean, you, the cost to the consumer is tied, should be t- tied to directly to the cost of providing that, um, that utility. Supporters say the water department has a chronic underfunding problem and the city needs to make sure its water system will be there properly funded and working. Kevin Colleen, KMOX News. The water rate hike could get final passage next week. Bayer settles another court case today involving the weed killer Roundup. Unlike previous Roundup court cases, the one brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James has nothing to do with causing cancer. Creve Corps-based Bayer Crop Science agreed to pay nearly $6 million over the accusation they misled consumers with the marketing line that Roundup won't hurt anything but weeds. James says Monsanto agreed in 1996 not to say glyphosate doesn't hurt honey bees, butterflies, or aquatic animals because they had no evidence to prove it. While Bayer contends the lawsuit offered no evidence that the popular weed killer does hurt beneficial insects, the company says they're happy to put the matter behind them. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. This is the wrong time to relax training requirements for airline pilots. Senator Tammy Duckworth of Illinois argues... We've witnessed a a disturbing rise of near-deadly close calls that led the FAA to convene an unprecedented safety summit where the acting administrator warned that the entire aviation industry need not need to not grow complacent 
because complacency kills. Duckworth spoke on the Senate floor against an amendment to the FAA Reauthorization Act, which would have allowed changes to how much training a pilot needs in order to fly a commercial aircraft. Regional carriers would like a reduction in the currently required 1,500 hours of training, saying it could help with workforce shortages. A number of St. Louisans will be flying to London to see the Cardinals take on the Cubs, but a delegation will be staying after the series. Tim Nowak of the World Trade Center St. Louis says it's the perfect time to leverage this unique opportunity to promote St. Louis on a global scale. Nowak says a trade delegation went to England and the Netherlands in 2019 and an ag tech group from England came here in 2020 just before the pandemic. And we're going to go spend a day up in Cambridge. They've assembled a, an ag tech symposium. We're going to get to meet with a number of their member companies. We're going to get to hear um, what those companies are doing, some pitches from those companies that have an eye towards North America. Noex says the trade mission is about connecting St. Louis companies to new business, but also pitching St. Louis as a place for international businesses to open their U.S. office. The KMOX business desk, after just a few years in business, the Skechers Warehouse outlet in Fairview Heights is closing. The company provided a statement saying business has been good. Their lease at the Lincoln Highway store expires at the end of the month, and Skechers is looking for a new location for the outlet. Skechers has outlets on the Missouri side in Fenton and Chesterfield, which are remaining open. As we continue on KMOX, welcome in the new circuit attorney for the city of St. Louis, Gabe Gore. Thank you for being here. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So we just got some news about some new hires in your office. You've brought in five more trial attorneys uh, since the resignation of Kim Gardner that brings the total to 10 that you've been able to bring in. 10, and, and I just made another offer that was accepted yesterday, so that's a total of 11 attorneys added since I was sworn in on May 30th, so we're making very good progress. How much further do you have to go to, to feel comfortable with the staffing levels? Oh, we're going we're gonna to continue going. Um, when I got in office, the office was down to about a third of what it was staffed at at the beginning of uh, 2016. And uh, that was 60 attorneys uh, with these 10 added. We're somewhere um, in the low to mid-30s. And um, we're going to keep adding attorneys, but we're looking to add, you know, experienced attorneys who can hit the ground running. And that's what's reflected in this, this group of attorneys that, that um, we've been able to hire in the first couple weeks on the job. Um, they're just a, a group of attorneys who collectively have, you know, over 150 felony trials under their belt and their attorneys who can hit the ground running, handling uh, the most serious cases that we see at the circuit attorney's office. We had heard a lot over the last year or so from um, victims, attorneys for victims, one of whom said uh, that they didn't even know that their accuser was going to be in court because there was never any outreach from the circuit attorney's office. Uh, how's the progress been in terms of bridging that connection again with, with victims and making sure that they're apprised of what's happening? Um, you know, we have a, a, a committed, a very committed uh, victim services unit, um, and we have tremendous experienced victim advocates. Um, that's been an area of focus for me. Um, just yesterday, I personally was reaching out to a potential candidate to join our victim services unit and, you know, asking her to come in for an interview as soon as possible so that we can get moving on that. So we're going to increase resources and focus back there. And, um, you know, the people back there are very committed. They just need a little more support and resources. So I think we're going to be um, good in that area. How about the backlog of cases? Uh, it seems like there have been uh, some pleas. There's been some movement on a lot of different cases. Um, how much farther do you have to go to feel caught up on that? Um, we're just at the beginning. So this is the beginning of a, of a, of a long process. Uh, nothing's going to happen overnight. Um, 
it's something that we're going to have to stay committed to and working on every day. We're going to have to put in place a strategy to move through the backlog of cases and execute on that. So uh, we begin that in earnest in these early weeks. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we are at this point, still assessing and coming up with a strategy to approach it. Have you had a uh, conversation with Chief Tracy yet? And what was the topic of that? I have. Um, I met with Chief Tracy last week. Uh, we put it on our, our calendar for, for an hour meeting. I went over to police headquarters. Uh, we ended up meeting for a, a couple of hours. I got a tour of headquarters. I, I saw the real crime, the real-time uh, crime lab uh, in action. And um, it was a very good meeting. Um, he's a, a great person who's committed to reducing violent crime in St. Louis. And I think uh, me and Chief Tracy are going to work very well together. Is there still a list of police officers um, that have been deemed untrustworthy uh, to be used in trial uh, for testimony? The, the so-called exclusion list. Is that still something that's in effect or in place at the CA's office? So, um, uh, Ms. Gardner did have an exclusion list in place. Um, my, I, I am familiar with the list, but I have um, no knowledge of what the basis of that list was, what the factual basis was to support that list. So it's not something that I'll be relying on in, in, in analyzing and um, making decisions about cases going forward. That's not something that, that we would rely on because we don't have any facts to support it. Um, but we will be, you know, looking at every case on a case-by-case basis, looking at the law and the facts and deciding what we can prove in court. Have there been any cases that you've uh, you've come across where a change in strategy is warranted because you're no longer using that list? A case maybe that had been set aside because it relied on testimony from an officer who had been on that list, but now that you're there, you've, you've taken a different strategy with it? I, I am not aware of that. And if I understand how the list worked, there wouldn't be that circumstance because any case involving those officers would have never been submitted to the circuit attorney's office. So my understanding is if I understand how the lists work, those cases wouldn't be part of the backlog because they would have just never been submitted. Has the police department uh, reapplied for any cases that had been rejected previously because of uh, that? Th- that's something that would be an ongoing matter that I, I, I wouldn't discuss um, in specifics, but I would say that we're certainly open to that, we will consider any set of charges that the officers uh, present. We'll look at the law and the facts, determine what we can prove in court, and make a make a charging decision. That's what that's what prosecutors do. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Gabe Gore, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Michael Calhoun. Stay up to date with the KMOX Newsroom on air and by subscribing to STL All Local.